This is Harry Murray in Murray's Flash Shop in Edinburgh, Virginia. Let's do our podcast for the month of August, both on the bass and the trout, with what I see happening now and what I anticipate going on for the next month. I think this will give you an insight into how to fish it. Let's talk about the smallmouth bass first, because that's coming on pretty strong. The aquatic grass beds that develop along the sides of the stream have very, very heavy population of shiner minnows in there. The bass do feed on these all day, fishing late in the evening, early in the morning, all that kind of stuff. Now, during the middle of the day, I get the best fishing along these grass beds in the water that's four to five feet deep right up against them. This is especially productive on... The part of the Potomac up there right below Pack Horse Ford where Lee came back across the river after Ann Edom. Uh, it's very effective on the 30 miles of the James downstream from Interstate 81. Now, you can either wade these areas or float them. Personally, I prefer wading, but that's just a matter of personal preference. Now, when the water is that deep against this grass, my favorite fly in through there is the heavy shiner, Murray's heavy shiner in about a size 6. I cast this right tight against the grass, let it sink down pretty deeply, and then strip it out about 6 inches every 10 seconds to swim it out for about 30 feet. Then I pick it up and shoot it down the river to a new target, maybe 5 feet further down the river. This way I'm showing it to any bass that are working the wrong the edge of those grad speds. It can be very, very effective, especially on those two rivers I'm talking about there. Um, now, at dusk and dawn, and especially I like dusk, I often do real well in the water where the grass is about, oh, right up against the bank where the water against the grass is maybe two feet deep. In the low light levels like that, the bass move in to feed on those shiners and it can be fantastic fishing. Often you'll see the bass chasing the minnows back in through there. Uh, several years ago, I was headed over into South Fork to fish a particular riffle that I had had wonderful fishing in, and it was a, probably about an hour before dark. And I waded across the whole river to get to where I wanted to go down into my riffle, as I approached that far bank, the water against the bank was about a foot deep, a lot of grass in through there, and for the next, oh, I'd say 150 to 200 feet upstream, there were bass chasing shiners all over the place up through there. I caught bass after bass after bass. Now, I use Charlie Waterman Silver Outcast on that. With that shallow water, you don't want a heavy fly that's going to hang up. Sometime I'm casting to bass that I actually see chasing the fly, and sometime I'm covering the water. That particular even, there were so many bass chasing minnows in through there, I was just going from one bass to the other, and it was some of the finest bass fishing I've ever had. Now, there is also some good surface fishing at this time of the year. The shaded banks where the water is four to five feet deep over cobblestone stream bottoms, I do real well with the Shenandoah Blue Popper in a size four and the Shenandoah Chartreuse Chugger in a size four. And I use some of the Shenandoah Sunfish Slider in a size six. But I fish those right back under the shaded banks. You experiment with various 
pop, pause, pop type retrieve and see what works. But usually if I fish that out about 20 feet and pick it up and shove it about a foot or two up or downstream, I can do fairly well with those topwater bugs. All right, let's talk about the wild mountain brook trout streams. These are getting low, and the trout are getting wary. And now, if we get heavy rains along through the month like we had last year, what I'm telling you isn't going to be as appropriate as it would be to fish in April. But I don't know what our streams are getting low right now. All right. The easiest way I find to catch the fish that are wary in the low streams is try to find the high gradient sections, either of a stream I know or of a new stream. Now, I'm talking high gradient, I mean that guy that's coming down the mountains. And were they're high gradient, I don't scare them quite as badly. Now, if you're exploring a new stream, I'd get out the topo maps and where those lines get close together, that's where it's going to be pretty steep. Now, I still go in on my hands and knees, even in the high gradient areas. But often, that will give me the edge. Now, I'm always careful not to false cast over the pool I'm about to fish. I'll pause below the pool look for rising fish, look for fish on feeding station, and then if I need to make a measuring cast, I do it out to the side rather than out over the pool. Slack line cast under these conditions is a tremendous help. I use either the lazy S cast or the puddle cast. What this is going to do is enable your fly to float naturally. The puddle cast is one that Marinero developed a long time ago. You aim about 45 degrees above the pool you're about to fish and maybe put about an extra 5 to 10 feet of line out. So what you're doing, you're aiming it up in there. You're stopping your forward momentum of that presentation cast and the line basically falls in a puddle and that enables the fly to drift naturally. Now on the lazy s cast you're making that cast forward and wiggling the rod tip from side to side as the presentation cast flows forward and that again enables it to fall with some slack in the line or the leader and you get a natural drift now if you want to try to catch more than one fish out of each of these pools a good good high gradient then you think you haven't you haven't spooked him you got to be a little careful about how you land the fish so he doesn't spook everything in there. Now, you can land him real gently, put him back down in the tail of the pool where you are, and just hope he doesn't tear up through there. The cast that I use and a strike that I've used, and I teach in the classes, I call a pop strike. Now, what that consists of, I make the cast, it's drifting down to my trout, he comes up and takes my fly, I set the hook, I've got him, and instantly I release the tension on that line and leader. Three-fourths of the time, that trout will spit that fly out and be gone, and he I haven't hurt him, I haven't stressed him, and he hadn't spooked that pool. Now let me do that again. Pop cast. Make your cast, let it drift naturally to him. When he comes up and takes it, I mean you've won the battle. So set the hook, but instantly, I'm talking about two seconds, release the tension on that line, and the majority of the cases, he'll spit that fly out and be gone, probably doesn't even know he's been hooked. But if you play the game this time of the year with some terrestrials, you've got a good chance of getting good fishing in these mountain streams. Uh, some that I do well with, the Murray's Oakworm, 
Murray's Housefly, Murray's Yellow Jacket. Uh, Yellow Jacket's a heck of a good fly at this time of the year. The Mr. Rapidan Ant, the Flying Beetle, all those in a size 16, and I fish those on 6 or 7X. I do fish the inchworm. I use a size 14 on that. But if you're real careful with your approach, you can still get good fishing in these mountain streams. Well, this will give you something to look at, think about. And if you have any questions on any of this, just give me a call at the Fly Shop. That phone number is 540-984-4212. This is Harry Murray at Murray's Fly Shop in Edinburgh, Virginia. Thank you very much.